Hello there, and welcome to the Cargo Bay, a Star Wars conversation podcast being transmitted to you from a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. I am Brady C, here with my co-host, as always, Adam B. How's it going, BC? It's going pretty good. I don't I don't know what happened to my voice at the beginning of that intro. <laughs> I think it was all the Orange County Choppers talk that we had going on Should right before... Change this the, to an Orange County Choppers podcast. I think I think we do a uh, an episode by episode rewatch uh, Orange County Choppers update, but we do it from the perspective of watching them in real time when they originally aired. Oh yeah, yeah. So so we go back to those politics, and I I wear like um, boxier t shirts and pants with more pockets. Yeah, a lot more pockets, bigger. I, I think everything was generally just a little bit bigger. Um, but yeah, I think that would, I think that's probably the next big hit podcast is, is our, uh, our historic rewatch of Orange County Choppers one through 18 or or whatever they ended up doing. I mean, if we ever do a Patreon, that would be the content VC, I think. I think that, I think that would probably be what people would be most clamoring for. Yeah. I think think that's going to be it. Yeah. (laughs) Come into the chat box for another episode of Orange County Choppers. Uh, and then we can do like updates to see how people's shoulders are after having ridden on those pieces <laughs> of crap <laughs> 20 years later. <laughs> oh, man. Someday we would someday we would finally come across one of those motorcycles, get to ride it around. Um, that'd be a good way to die. <laughs> for, for, for listeners, BC doing a great why pose of... Uh, yeah, be sure to check out the YouTube for the the video of of that. Uh, it was pretty spot on. Uh, it reminds me of we can just we don't have to talk about Star Wars today. We can just, <laughs> we can just talk about this. Um, it reminds me of of my glory days when I worked during uh, on Dixon Street during bikes, blues, and barbecues. Oh yeah, um, and and you would just see the. I mean, it's so for those listening, it's a motorcycle rally. It's it's not big and. Uh, it's not Sturgis, but it's it's pretty close. I mean, it's huge, especially for a small town like Fayetteville. It's I mean, I don't yeah. know how big Sturgis is, but it's big enough to completely change the town. For yeah, no, I mean they they come in and they take over, and there's a, there's a lot of white nationalists uh, symbols cool. and T-shirts and stuff floating around, which is uh, which is always super great. Um, but it, it, just speaking of Orange County Choppers, it just flashes me back to the the nonstop sound of motorcycle engines revving for hours on end. Um, but I, I think they've effectively kind of moved that out of town to to like other other farther reaches Good. of town because it it was legitimately disturbing. Like the, where I was working was set up in like in the t-shirt distribution tent area was right across from us. Yeah. So you'd see, you'd, you'd just put your imagination to some of the clever t-shirts that oh, they were yeah. slinging at those things. And uh, after a while, you're just kind of like humanity's going to hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, not trying to throw shade at all bikers out there, but no, uh, you know, no, 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 no rally in, in Northwest Arkansas, uh, maybe a specific kind of crowd has a little bit more attendance. Um, and something that is related to star Wars BC. I grew up in a small town population, 5,000. And that was like the big area. It was, it was a little town. And every Tuesday, I believe Dixie outfitters would come set up their t-shirt yeah. stand which was a lot of rebel flags and a lot of like misogynistic like uh, imagery. The one I remember mm-hmm. seeing a lot was a woman 
um, with her, like, a busty woman in a tight Dixie Outfitters t-shirt who was up a tree with hunting mm-hmm. dogs barking below the tree because the a woman had been treed, you know, like you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Dixie it's, Outfitters, uh... let me let me just tie this back to Star Wars right quick. Yeah, okay, okay. We had yeah, a lot of Rebel it. Flag t-shirts, and uh, my buddy had just moved in from Maryland, and he was like, what's the deal with all this? It's really messed <laughs> up. <laughs> like, this isn't cool. And so he made a t-shirt with the Rebel Flag crossed out on it, which started a riot in the cafeteria, um, and the police had to be called in. And uh, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. And so God. I I made these laminated buttons that had the rebel flag crossed out, or no, the rebel flag with a down arrow, and it was crossed uh-huh. out, and then the Star Wars rebel emblem with an up arrow, or like a solid, up, which mostly just really confused people. Uh, right, like I had people on they my didn't basketball know what was team. Happening. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. They couldn't figure it out. Right. <laughs> more than one person asked me, "What is? What does that mean?" And I say, "Oh, well, down with the rebels and up with the rebellion." They'd be like, "They're like what?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, very. Good. I will say, I, yeah, I, I don't want to throw shade at, at all motorcycle people, but I, I do commend them for being. You know, they they very much will advertise any political beliefs, so you immediately know <laughs> if this is someone that you're going to align with or never want to speak to. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, rebel flag, I'm always kind of like, all right, well, thanks for letting me know. Uh-huh. I'm going to go the other direction. And then you get like woke biker and you're like, hey, all right. You know, <laughs> you know there are no, there's no woke biker t-shirts that I've seen, but um, the, the, the less racist insignia is, is always like, okay, maybe that's just like their weekend hobby as opposed to like their identity yeah, is, is hating people and riding bikes. You know, <laughs> like, I hate people and I ride motorcycles. I, really I think you all should know that. People invading our country. As they <laughs> destroy a town, as, as they come in, come, outsiders from out of town who come in to <laughs> annihilate our local economy for for a weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Oh boy! Well, look forward to our Orange County Chopper episodes. I figure we'll do a couple of those a week um, coming up. Yeah, uh, and the starting Patreon price is going to be a thousand dollars per episode yeah um so uh, Bobby, let me let me i can't afford this i can't afford <laughs> oh, this patreon i want to listen to this <laughs> talking about the, the show Bali. um but to tie this into uh star wars um uh, boonton even not a uh, bikes blues and of, of tatooine is where we effectively begin this week's episode of, of right. mandalorian season three episode two yeah, yeah. You think of, of going back to Tatooine and seeing Pelimato again. Good old Amy Sedaris on Tatooine. Uh, and Love to see her. Our guests might be a little surprised. We're doing a guestless episode. Whoa, week, yeah, I thought, thought I was a little quiet in here. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't farting as much as you <laughs> I'll fix that. Yeah, it's it's just it's just the Cargo Bay Boys today. I hope I hope all you listeners out there aren't too disappointed that that one of you who actually listens and is not appearing on this episode, <laughs> that you're not on this one. So um, sorry we didn't book you. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we. I feel like we still got it in us to do a classic twofer show, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we'll I find mean, out. There's plenty, of, there's plenty to talk about in this week's Mando. Um, so there's quite a bit. A little breather from creating content with, with, them, with purpose. We're just going to chat. 
Well, let's start here. I mean, I've, I've got some sort of general notes throughout the episode, but let's start with just a, how'd you how'd you like it? Oh man, I had a great time. Uh, I I liked it more the second time than I liked it the first time, but uh, yeah, I thought it was silly and weird and stupid and fun. <laughs> I had a lot <laughs> yeah, of fun. I, I I had the same feeling. I did like it more the second time, just because some of like the the weirdness and clunkiness of like the logistics of the episode. I was like, what? Why is the writing like this? Like, there's just it. It legitimately does uh, feel at times like it is Favreau being like, "All right, I'm getting my action figures out, and I'm gonna just play with them, and then I'll start writing the script based off of my imagination using these toys that I've got." And not look not at that it there's anything. Again. Yeah, and, and then and then not not really put it to any more thought than okay, this is what I've come up with. This is what we're doing. Um, just a lot of like traveling back and forth that occurs, and like shoehorning things in to yeah. make sure other things are going to make sense eventually. But things it's just that like, have been set up not paying off, even though they were very clunkily set up. Like IG yeah. Eleven, for instance. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Let's let's get into that because we begin, like I said, we we start by going back to to Tatooine. It's Boonta. It's the week of Boonta, whatever. It's yeah. Boonta's Eve, a uh, big deal. Um, Pelimato is is ripping off uh, a Rodian uh, with with the help of some Jawas, uh-huh. running a little, running a little scratch scam, uh, stealing parts and stuff like back together. Rodian too. You know? It does, yeah. In, nice in clothes on. In for the holiday, uh, which I guess is something worth traveling to Tatooine for. Um, Watch that big pod race, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you saw some. There's a little some racing going on in the streets, which was which was kind of fun to see. Um, but yeah, and then then Mando, of course, appears out of the sky in I his beautiful in one starfighter. It is a cool shot. Um, pops in, and of course, Pelly wants to see the baby, and his his jumping and flipping is racking me up this season, <laughs> it's man. Real weird. It's <laughs> real funny. So like, we had to level him up with Luke Skywalker in another show so we could make him jump around like Yoda and have it be believable. I'm like, it did not work. <laughs> this is not working for me at all. I think this is like, not a lot working. of the practical puppeting, you can see that it is practical when they're doing yeah. it. But it, it's it's charming. Um, Like, it fits. I like it. I'm glad they're doing yeah. it that way. The jumps, I don't know if they're all digital or not, but it does seem like the way that he flips, Yoda weighs about 30 pounds in the head and none in the yeah. rest of his body. Like, his center of gravity is odd. I mean, it looks <laughs> like they're throwing a doll. Yeah, like, yeah. whenever he's jumping, it looks like they just took one of those high-end, like, dolls and we're just like, let's Wee. throw it. Um, there is a shot later of, of him, whenever he's, like, walking that cave later i'm like yeah. that's some good puppet walk yeah, yeah you know the jumps right now though i'm just kind of like maybe don't maybe just don't do the jumps yeah um it's not working for me um but but we get you know we get the grogu he leaps into her arms we get we get a mention of boba fett uh-huh. in this episode sure, uh, yeah. back to see boba fett but no, no no boba fett in sight but still in play i'm guessing uh at a certain point and then i i think the real the clunkiness that you were referring to was Mando's there for the, the IG memory thing. Uh, and she's like, I don't have it. And he's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I came here instead of a droid store. Like I came to yeah. you, your shipyard. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. 
And and the Jawas, of course, uh, no IG. It's uh, weird no IG Jawas memory. This time. Just weird lighting on the Jawas. They're a little too bright eyed and a little. They're just moving funny. I don't know. It was a weird Jawa shots in this. I've not been super. I is ever since the Jawa fur became so prominent, I've kind of been like, give me my old Jawas that are a little discreet. Yeah, I don't know me maybe, but the 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 fur really has been overwhelming on I didn't the even, Jawas. I didn't even notice the fur, but I just noticed it's their the eyes in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's all it's all in the hands like sticking out of their sleeves. And like, it doesn't make sense for them to have fur. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Fur and robes choice. on a desert planet. Yeah. It's yeah, strange, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. Um so we we quickly abandon the idea that we're there for the IG memory bank because the entire point of that was I need a droid I can trust to go back to Mandalore. Right. Which was a, a big plot point of the first uh-huh, episode. Yeah. And, and then immediately became like, eh, don't worry about it. We'll just take that <laughs> R5 over there. <laughs> we'll just take the R5 that is absolutely the one from episode four because that's yeah. how Star Wars works. <laughs> like, Yeah. I mean, there, there's no doubt that that's the one. And they right? reference I mean, him, his time with the rebellion, which is like, I believe he shows up in a comic series because of course okay. the R5 unit next to yeah. R2-D2 winds up in the rebellion. And now, yeah. And at this point, BC, because we have Andor that doesn't do that, I'm just like, all right, fine, yeah, sure. Give me, <laughs> give me R five from Episode four. I don't give a shit. That's it's fine. fine, right? Like it's, it, th- that's what this show is. Like it, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the big tent that we're 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 scooping everybody into. I mean, my bigger my bigger issue is just how quick they're like, ah, forget about the IG thing that was important. Install the R5 in Grogu's little bubble. Yeah, we just got Grogu's little bubble. Get rid of that thing. No problem. (laughs) I don't know why we built that in the first place. We just should have kept it a droid port. All right, cool. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I, again, all just sort of like we, this is how the story is going to have to work. So the point of the droid is going to Mandalore, which is supposedly the, the air on Mandalore is is cursed from the Night of a Thousand Corpses or whatever the, whatever the hell it's yeah. called. <laughs> you know, when the, yeah. the um, Night of a Thousand Tears or yeah. when the Empire destroyed Mandalore, the, the atmosphere became untenable. So we've got to have a droid, which Mando moved on pretty quickly from it being a droid he can trust to one yeah. he's never met before. Who's going to be his sort of atmospheric tester for landing on Mandalore? Because no so one's ever thought to land and test the air before. Uh, apparently, no, no salvage. There are no salvage teams in the universe that are digging around for you know ancient Beskar, you know, or whatever on the Mandalore planet. It's very strange. Uh, yeah, they're just like the Empire did it, so don't ever go back. No probe droid sent. I'm sure there could be, and there's mm-hmm. probably some atmospheric testing droid that you could launch out of a ship from distance. I mean, if we now can do that to like Mars, it yeah. should be relatively easy with the Star Wars technology that they've got. But no, you're right. It's going to leave Mandalore as is. And now, can I? Din Djarin's the first one to go back and explore. Can I say, as much as I've enjoyed moments up to this point in Armando Season 3, I do yeah. think um, the rest of this Episode 2 holds up a lot better if you just do the time jump to here. Mandalorian Season 2, you know, you must bathe in the waters of Mandalore as a recap or whatever. And it's just him yeah. with Grogu and the, the you know, saying, we're going to land on this planet. It looks scary. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, it's fine. We've learned nothing of value up until this point. 
from the show, really. Not not really. Uh, other, I mean, I mean, it legitimately has felt like a lot of it is we have to catch people up to speed on stuff that happened in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Right. Like part, part of the writing of definitely episode one was like, Oh, Hey, we dropped, we dropped a shitload of information and lore in another show that uh, you probably did not watch (laughs) because by the time we got to those episodes, a few stinkers of Boba Fett and you tuned out. So it has felt very clunky getting to this point, Uh, but and and up to even now within this episode. Hold on, I lost you for a second, BC. Oh boy. Um, hmm. I'm gonna stay on the line. I this, can hear you now. Okay. Yeah, you've you. been a little choppy uh, today, BC. I hope it's not a problem. Is there anything that? Anything bandwidth wise? Maybe if I turn off my video, I can I can try hard wiring in. Oh, that would be delightful. Let me just. Killing I'm just gonna do some mind. some cable management there. All right, it's not pretty, but I'm plugged. I'm plugged in. Beautiful. All right, so sorry sorry for the technical interruption out there, everybody. We're back. Um, I can't remember. And better than ever. Exactly. Well, just just as clunky as our connection has been as the the clunkiness of the episode up to this point so far. I I didn't absolutely love going back to Tatooine for this stuff, but like it's fine. Yeah. In terms of the narrative, it's like I understand why they're doing it. It's just not it's not particularly like elegant storytelling. No. Uh, And it's not fair because I did go back and I have been rewatching Andor, which I'm just like mind blowing in terms of the quality of yeah how it's paced, the story progresses, the characters, the depth of emotion, basically every other metric that you could compare anything to. It's like 10 times better than Mandalorian. But that being said, I still enjoyed this episode. Like, yeah, yeah, more more so the second time around for sure. Um, but for me, it takes off after we after we have left Tatooine and we're going into Mandalore and yeah. you get this, you know, he's he's showing Grogu, you know, there's Concordia. That's the moon where I grew up. That's Looks where awesome. Bo-Katan is. We're in the same we system. From. So at least we're going to set up that we can travel quickly between these points. Yes. Which, oh, my gosh, I appreciated that so much. I Because we're going to get flying back and forth between here and Bo-Katan. Yeah. And if they had not set up we're in the same system, I would have hated this episode 50% more. But just yeah, it, a little it bit of universe of like, here we it, are, it, we're close. <laughs> it, it was important to do because it's like, oh. And, and when you first watch, you're like, okay, yeah, he's showing him around, but it's like, okay, it's it's setting up that, that Grogu's gonna have to point to something on a map uh, so R5 knows where to take him. Because the other big point is R5 that Peli drops is, oh, it can also pilot for you in case anything were to happen to you <laughs> Which later you in this episode. Because it's <laughs> yes. Star Wars. And yeah. Anyway. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, but, but, it, but it's it's a nice little like, hey, something is going to happen to you later that you might need this to fly the child around for. So that's good. Uh-huh. And uh, what a shock. Uh, something is going to happen. So we land on the planet, uh, the planet surface. We're here on Mandalore. R five is a, is a little hesitant, I guess, to go out and and check the surface. But Which Mando I love. sort of 
I love hesitant R five. You know, even though it's R five, I like I like funny droids. <laughs> I'm all for yeah. It. I, I think I think R five's a he's a steam stealer in this particular yeah. episode. Actually, a um, little bit of personality, which I I think pops. Yeah, you've got a helmet and a puppet and a droid, and the droid is doing most of the emoting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the the droid's stealing the show at a certain point. Um, but and here we're gonna get into maybe it's clunky, maybe it's not. We get there, and R five. So R five goes off to explore. I guess take the atmosphere, uh-huh. but he's got to go around to a rock where he can't be seen to to do that i guess he's going down into the subterranean level i you know to get i guess so there i think yeah yes yes again this is all very clunky and and we'll talk a a little bit more about some mandalore stuff but i mean the the planet surface is essentially destroyed from centuries of war so they lived in these domed cities so i guess going around and down to check the the domed city atmosphere and then of course he gets lost in the corner, and we find out that Mando can just seal off his helmet, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I think you could just get a little instead of a droid, you could get like a test kit or a sensor, <laughs> right? <sighs> Whatever. But, uh, no, that that does not exist. So this was this was the way. I mean, this is my again my theory about Star Wars BC: unlimited power, but microprocessors and the materials that make them up extraordinarily rare. So Astromex might have some of these things you can't find laying around, and that's why Astromex have to be mobile, um, and everything's built around them. It's just like wow, that's the most expensive part is the electronics in there. Um, I like so, it. You know, it's still fitting in with my Star Wars uh, worldview to try to cover up some of this <laughs> BS. <laughs> your 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 head cannon is feeling filling some holes for uh, Favreau and Filoni that I'm uh-huh. sure they very much appreciate. Um, so R five uh, he disappears right. He goes off of the little the little radar, and right. where has he gone? So Mando is going to go out. He's going to seal his helmet. Grogu stay in the bubble. By the bubble, he means the cockpit, which is unsealed, and then presumably the toxic atmosphere would immediately come in and kill him. But that doesn't happen. Uh huh. We're all we're all fine. Again, these are just things that I'm have minor weird nitpicky things with. I guess. Yeah, it's very strange. I do, and you would think a ship would have a sensor set that would tell you if you could open the cockpit or not. But I did like I did like Mando just sitting there in the cockpit, being like, ah. I didn't want to have to do this. Like, I, <laughs> I guess I'll I get wanted, out. This is droid work. <laughs> like, that yeah. was very funny to me, intentionally or not. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Uh-huh. If the intention was to bring IG-11, where was he going to fit in this ship? Yeah, I think he'd just going to latch on. <laughs> you know, you just know. hold on to the back? But yeah, I thought the point of IG-11 more than, uh, you know, I need a droid that's rated for spelunking. I thought it was... More than he needed the droid for testing the atmosphere, he needed someone to fight monsters with. You know, he wanted right. like, uh, you know. Um... But do you think they wrote the first episode and they're like, "All right, now we're gonna go to Mandalore." Do we have to explain why we're taking another ship that's not the N one Starfighter because we can't fit oh, IG eleven no. in there? <laughs> oh crap! All right, so just take the bubble right. off, uh, put the droid take, back okay. in. You know what? Okay, all right. Rewrite. We'll rewrite episode two. Uh, they can't find the memory thing. Just stick an R5 unit in there, and then we'll take Grogu out of the bubble, stick him on the lap. We can still we can still do the N1. We just can't take IG with them. 
this is the problem of not having the razor crest. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, a, the, it's a two for adventure. It, Three at most if you're doing this astromech thing now. The 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 N1 Starfighter is super cool. I want to see Mando shoot things in it for sure, but he needs yes. a home base, and I don't have a problem with him being wealthy enough from being a very successful bounty hunter he's, Mandalorian. He's covered in the most ship. expensive yeah. armor in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Like he can have two ships. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he could. He have, can have. He can have the minivan for taking the kids to soccer practice, and then he can have the sports car for hot riding around. Yeah. You know. And there can be a dock. It can be attached somehow. I can. There's a <laughs> yes. million ways to do it. Yeah. But anyway, I, I just, that IG thing just came to mind where I was like, oh, if, if we're trying to travel from A to B, there's no room for him on of course on our current mode of transportation. IG would have his own starship, presumably. I wonder where that is or what's happened to it. Maybe that eventually is Mando's new base of operations. Maybe. Is, IG's like, all oh, right, my starship is buried over here. Um, here's the hound's tooth. I'm like, ah, oh, cool, <laughs> neat. Yeah, I don't know. It just it it again that clunky storytelling. It's very but, clunky, <laughs> but it's it's fun, dumb Star Wars, and it all right? looks That's... gorgeous the entire time. Like the planet from that side, all of the space shots look great. Landing on the glassy planet, that was fun. There's a reason why the floor is flat for the volume. It's flat in a new way. It's got like a yeah. glassy shine. It's cool. And I will say I haven't I haven't had as many problems volume wise yes, through our first sure. two episodes as opposed to Kenobi, which was the biggest piece of dog crap in terms of how they how they use that particular piece of technology. Yeah. Uh, it has not been nearly as bad uh, in the first two episodes. Um so of course we're we're gonna get our first encounter with danger after R five has disappeared off of off of the little map. Uh, Mando goes after him, seals his helmet. Grogu's in the bubble. Uh, we're we're gonna encounter some Alamites, uh, a native species to Mandalore, and uh, Mando wields that dark saber like the world's heaviest sledgehammer, but he gets the job done. I love you it know? so much. I, I'm really going to miss the the clumsy dark saber fights when he gets better with it. Um, like It just feels like a Jackie Chan fight where you've got, you know, when it's heavy like yeah. that, but it's also it can cut through anything. It's really fun to watch to me. Um, it's it's. It is more compelling in terms of storytelling, I think, for a fight. Whereas, like, you know, the spoiler, Bo Katan's going to wield a little bit later in this episode and wields it, but, you know, well, right? Like, you get, okay. So there's someone who has mastery over this thing. It's more interest. I mean, I guess it's. I guess it's more interesting to me that there's someone who's struggling with something as opposed to someone who's really good with something. Because we're used to seeing characters in Star Wars be really good with a sword, right? Which is. Whether it's a lightsaber or the dark saber, I mean, it's all just sword play. Um, so we're used to seeing people who are really good at sword play. We're not as used to seeing someone who legit, like it seems like a a giant weight that they're trying to wield. But if you connect, will absolutely demolish you. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it's, it it is it's interesting tension, to watch to have tension in fights is. Uh, is that's something I'll give Mando credit for. Uh, I think the action direction in Andor was amazing, too. Um, there was obviously tension in those fights. But we do get a little bit of uh, brutality and edginess in Mandalorian that we did, did not get in Boba Fett unless Mando was around. Um, I, I appreciate that. It's true. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, pro pro wielding the Darksaber clunkily, but 
you do feel like that that is going to be a big thing that's going to go away in the future, potentially, yeah. um, as maybe he gets better with it. We can discuss future thoughts about where this is going. Um, and then, so he defeats these Alamites, right? We, he, we've disposed of the Alamites. Uh, and uh, R5, he's safe and sound, thank goodness. I was worried. Um, but he's going to come out. He's going to run his atmosphere test. And guess what? Mandalore is not cursed. Just like Bo-Katan said, even though in the preview for this episode, she says Mandalore is poisoned. <laughs> so I don't know. Weird. What, I... She's speaking about the soul of Mandalore. Okay. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, the the it's inhabitable, right? Yeah. So it's just, uh, just no one wants to go there, which makes sense after the Night of a Thousand Corpses or again i i as a star wars fan i probably should know what it is but i i think it's the night of a thousand tears i don't remember do you I think know i think night of the thousand tears is right I okay that's right i like night of a thousand corpses even though it's got to be millions because uh, <laughs> the planet is the entire population I mean, yeah is destroyed. I, I guess it's way too few tears when you think about yeah it. <laughs> yeah that's not nearly enough tears um night of a billion tears yeah. doesn't have the same ring to yeah, it that's true. um so we're we're gonna we're gonna go back into the cave from whence we just came. Well, again, we're going back and forth, even in minor distances yeah. in this episode. <laughs> a lot of a lot of yo-yoing around. Um, so we go pick up Grogu. He's going to get in his little space buggy now, uh, and we're going to take a deep dive into the city. I was not aware of the flight capabilities of his little pod, yeah. but it it felt it felt a little a little more powerful in terms of its flight capabilities to me. I think as Pelly opposed to like a little it. stroller. Okay, Pelly upgraded when it. When, like it when it got stuck under the N1, when it becomes uh-huh. the little bottom hump of the N1, I think it, yeah, uh-huh. it's been upgraded. And maybe okay, Grogu's so got... doing a little force manipulation of it, too, you know? The classic, yeah, I mean, and he's... can a Jedi force pull a rock that he's standing on in order to fly? I don't Ooh, know. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I don't know what that uh, is. But yeah, I just like watching them both take their their dive oh, down I thought it was so it was so cool when he just takes a step off and you're like oh right yeah yeah he's jetpack <laughs> he's got a jetpack cool yeah that that was cool and we'll get it later too with Bo-Katan um but a, as we explore the uh the cave city in in the city center Amando's he's going to be trapped now I got to get your thoughts on this droid monster thing with the humanoid eyeball this cybernetic cyborg grievous knockoff what what are we looking at here man you throw a couple of things like this into book of boba fett and suddenly i love that show like this is (laughs) this is what i'm watching star wars tv for throw your big disney budget dollars at monsters like this i was so excited especially since mando is brutally and immediately dispatched of gets a, a needle in his neck a sudden yeah. shift into a horror tone is always a delight to me. And that's what I wanted from my subterranean, you know, episodes. I I did like the shift into horror. And and even even in the first episode, I don't think we really mentioned this, but whenever IG comes back to life and he's, he's <laughs> there's like definite Terminator vibes going on, the like half corpsed IG that's like trying to murder you. Yeah. Like this is kind of fun when when we go down these rabbit holes. So I really like the design of whatever this thing was, but it is very grievous esque. Yeah, it makes grievousy noises. 
Yeah, and it, and it's it's got uh, sort of a similar build when it's in its I don't know medium size mode because there's going to be there's big giant robot mode, there's medium size grievous size mode, and then there's eyeball mode. Yeah, which is just like a beetle running around on the ground, <laughs> which is which is a lot of fun. Um, so we get this monster. He he takes he takes hold of of Mando. Grogu kind of follows down. This is where we get that fun little puppet walking situation. He tries to use the force to to open the cage. It does not work. And Mando's instruction: get to Bo-Katan. And boy, it's a good thing R five is there because he can pilot that uh, starfighter. As we go back. Man. Well, I got to Bo-Katan. I got to talk about this this Grogu on his own. Uh, okay, chunk I love because, it because um, please. Obviously, this is all very silly, uh, but it works <laughs> wait, for me. Wait, wait, wait! What do you mean? Explain <laughs> why? A little puppet what's alone so silly in the cave about it? With his dad <laughs> being tortured or whatever. Um, but I don't know. It works for me. I was I was there for it. it I was did. on the ride, and I was like, "This is kind of fun." I like that. I like that since it's been two years or whatever, and he's trained under Luke. I'm much less resistant to a Grogu being around who is at least a like capable, you know, companion. Like I, I don't mind right. the 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 adventurous baby baby Yodes here. Um, I as he's really as fun. he's upskilling and starting to be more than just a a paperweight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and if we get <laughs> some clunky like... puppet animation for that, that's fine because it feels very spirit of Star Wars to have. A puppet wandering around, and also I am going to be suing Disney because Grogu mm. now has a new voice set, and he just sounds exactly like my dog. <laughs> there's some of the there's a point where he growls later, and he's like, eh. <laughs> like that's, "That's what Chicle does." Wait, how did you how did you record my dog? My um, pooch. Yeah, I I feel like it, they had. I feel like it, a very conscious decision was made. After after they were like, we're going to separate them and send them off with Luke Skywalker. Because to me, and I think a lot of us were like, what a great natural ending to get rid of this fucking baby. Yeah. Right? yeah. And they're like, no, what we need to do is send him to a Jedi who can make him more than just a baby Yoda in a basket that has no significance other than can occasionally force heal you and then pass the fuck out. Right. Like we need to we need to level him up so he can be an active participant in the adventure. Um, so it you we are seeing that more now that he can jump because Luke taught him how to jump from log to log. Right. Like, you, yeah, yeah. You get the he training sequence. So galactic basic clearly like he can't speak yes. it. But we now know that he knows what Mando's saying to him, which is right. helpful. He is, it makes him less annoying. Yeah. If that's the yeah it. it it's not just a cute baby tilting his head and going, Rrr. you're like, <laughs> yeah. okay, oh, look at a baby. It's like, oh, we're communicating to, we're communicating a message and he's understanding it. It's like, before, if you would have told him to go to Bogotan, he just would have went, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I guess Mando's dead and that's the end of the season. Um, so, you know, it didn't, didn't break perhaps the way we would have uh, wanted initially after season two, but at least he is. <laughs> being an active participant and it, it was legitimately really dumb and funny but you know <laughs> watching him navigate back out from where we just came and uh, force pushing an alamite and getting into the ship and uh, having we got that five, dumb moment you know. from the trailer out and done with that yes was good yeah and, and in context it wasn't as stupid i guess you know it still yeah, looks silly but I, 
That was yeah. a bummer yeah, in the trailer to me. It was the force. Yeah, the, his 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 final exit from the cave back to the N one. There's there's a remaining alabite, and you get a good showdown. But of course, Grogu just dispenses of him with ease using the force. Way to go, Grogu! And Luke Skywalker's training. Even though you're not a Jedi, uh, well done, Grogu. We pop in the old N one. We head back to Bo-Katan's, uh, what Kalavala, uh, wherever Bo-Katan is. She's yeah. in the same system. Grogu knows where it is from our previous moment, so he's able to point to it and tell R five where we're going. We go back to sad Bo-Katan just again hanging out in the palace. <laughs> she and. And it's it's funny to me that whenever the ship lands, she's she's talking like Mando's in there, but yeah. clearly he is not in the cockpit of the ship. Yeah. And then Grogu pops up, and she's like, "Where's your dad?" It's like <laughs> you couldn't see that he wasn't in there, Bo-Katan. Like I'm worried about your eyesight. I don't know. Um, but... Yeah, I, I guess I felt that way the first time too. And on a rewatch, I, I liked it a bit more. Uh, I, I guess a, I do think it's silly, but I do think it's kind of fun uh, that. She's angry at, at Mando, yeah. but Grogu's just too cute, man. Yeah, <laughs> again, this worried. is this is me. This is me putting any amount of criticism to a show that I think is is aimed at eight year olds. Right, so, right, like, right. <laughs> so like most eight year olds aren't gonna be like, she can't see him in there. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. just a little more noticeable for me. But it it works. Like I think everything works. It's just like you know. It wouldn't. Have it works for an eight-year-old. Uh, <laughs> with a little bit more care, it would not have happened this way, and in, in either the yeah. writing or directing of it. Yeah. Uh, um. So we're we're gonna get Bo-Katan uh, taking Grogu back on on her ship. We're again. We're going back. We're going back to to rescue uh, Din. Uh, so we're gonna go back. We're gonna traverse back down the same way we came. Yep. We get a little little Do back and really... forth. It really bothered me the first time I watched it that we're getting the same shots of uh, her doing mm-hmm. this. And, and I talked to Mike from Normies Like Us, and he was like, yeah, I actually like that because, you know, we're seeing how much more capable she is and yes. familiar. And it's like, yeah, OK. I was just looking at it as it as an excuse to reuse the same digital assets. And I mean, even it, if it, it is that, like, they did give us a giant cave, which is what I wanted. So fine. Reuse your assets. So it looked cool. I mean, to me, it was just about the bouncing. It, it wasn't even about like the the assets that were being used. It was just like the the like I felt like we're yo-yoing back and forth and how clunky yeah. it was. That it's like we've got to shoehorn in the astromech. Like we've written around the episode these things that have to explain away how we're able to progress the story. Yeah, which very much feels like you know writing the radio drama right now is about the level of thought and yeah, and yeah. that I'm putting into writing it. You know. So it's like, well, I feel like if they're getting paid millions of dollars to yeah, write and that's Star Wars, time <laughs> maybe a little bit like you can spend a little bit more time in the writers to, to like smooth out some of the edges. But it's cool if if you're your own boss and you should be like, no, this is fine. And the, um, the dialogue, Bo-Katan gets some real stinkers she has to work with. But one of the things I like about Katie Sackhoff is she is a like B-budget sci-fi actor like stylistically as well. Like that's right. what she's yeah, yeah. used to working with. That's kind of her yeah. performance style. Um, and I'm grateful for her because man, these lines are chunky. <laughs> they are like, how good are you with the force? Yeah. <laughs> yeah man, it's just... 
Oh, it's there's some tough stuff, but I love watching uh, Katie Sackhoff. Uh, glad she's here. Um, glad stand out in the episode. And uh, yeah, and, and just to go back to what we were talking about in, in like the back and forth. To me, it was it was the back and forth and the clunkiness of the episode that bothered me. It, it the point was well taken. Of you do see the the difference between the two of them, where she's like, you know, I used to rule this place for a little while. Yeah, um, yeah. So the you know it's it's setting up. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's setting up the the larger conflict that's that's going to, I think, be within the season, which is the old way versus versus the new and and how we see those things from different perspectives. Right. Where you've got, you know, the children of the watcher, whatever the hell they are, you know, this, you know, religious zealot clan versus Bo-Katan, who's been through basically every iteration of being a Mandalore, a Mandalorian that you can have in, in her belief system. Um, so seeing it from a different perspective, I think is important, but just seeing how capable she is, is important too, because I, I think it, I think, I think she's going to play a huge role this season, which is yeah. exciting to me. Cause I think, I think she's, she's really good, you know, because she is used to big, big, you know, B style sci-fi stuff. She's like this is like right in her wheelhouse to do, and I think if if the writing can get a little bit better, it it will elevate yeah. even more. Yeah, that would be nice. Fing- I mean, fingers crossed. But I do think we're getting there. It just feels like this is very like, or hopefully, what this is is like we've just got to get to the compelling stuff because where we end up at the end of this episode is like, oh, we're gonna be facing some real questions of lore going forward. Um, but she makes her way through the cave. She gets down to. Where Mando is, she's encounters she some Alamites. First, yeah, it's a good yeah, fight. Yeah, she dispenses cool. dispenses of the Alamites. Shoots them through the ceiling. That was neat. Yeah. Liked liked Locked the in. shot. Um, she goes in. She fights the grievous critter. Um, she Which wields is the dark saber. Blood out of Mando. Now, yes, Paulette he is being siphoned, and she was like, "Who is this? What's happening?" She's like, "Is this like an?" decrepit ancient mandalorian who's like you know siphoning blood out of like live down here killing mandos you know and getting their blood to stay alive i was like that's good theory it was like in a different world where we don't know what happens to darth maul this would be a great end for darth yes maul. <laughs> like yeah, um... it would be sweet yeah I, I it it i mean it does beg the question of like what the hell is that thing yeah, <laughs> you know what i, I mean? think it'll be bad was like, i hope so I certainly hope so. I because I, I like, I like the creepiness of it, and I like the design, and I yeah, it, the it eyes is compelling. Were super cool. The the, the three yeah. eye mirror was really was dope. It looked awesome. It is it is very compelling visually. Um, so it's like, oh yeah, I do want to know more about. This. Has it have other people been trying to explore Mandalore and go down to the caves to get a oh, reading? No, I've been <laughs> yeah. I've been feasting on you. Um, it's like, oh, that's kind of cool if that's what it is, but. I, I don't have a high level of faith that that amount of uh, thought is going to be uh, returned to us in the form of storytelling. Uh, so, you know, but hopefully, you know, hopefully we get we get some more of of what that's going to be. Um, so Bo, essentially, she's going to go down there. She's going to rescue Mando. We're going to get we're going to get ready to to go take a bath. Uh, we do get a little bit of, of chat about Mandalore um, and, you know, kind of setting up the, the two different ideals. And 
there's like a kind of a nice moment where she's making some pog soup. Yeah, uh, we get to Mando. see Mando eat. Thank goodness. Yes. It is just slurping some, It's always soups. Slurping some soup. Yep. Um, but it, which is like, yeah, we have to have soup because I can't take my helmet yeah, off. Yeah. But I, I like the moment of like, you don't, you don't see the irony of not knowing what pog soup is when every Mandalorian who calls himself a Mandalorian has had this since the time they were a child. He's like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> That's because you grew up on the moon of Concordia with a bunch of nutsos, buddy. Um, so maybe there's some some stuff you still got to learn. He's like, nah, I'm going to go take a bath and get redemption. And he puts on his weapons in reverse. Uh, just something I noticed. It's weird when he's gearing up after this. It's all shots that have been reversed of him taking off his gear. So I don't know mm. what happened in like the script where he initially did that or why, but yeah, that it seems pretty clear to me that the, those are all backward shots, and it was odd to watch. Um, oh, whenever he takes the like, yeah, when he's putting his gear back on, they are reverse shots of him laying his gear down. <laughs> like, so I don't. That is, I I imagine it. It I imagine they went back and had to be like, we saw Bo-Katan last with the dark saber. And so we've got to get it back to him so that we know Mando has it because it is so important that whoever holds, whoever wields it, yeah, is the God-given heir of the Mandalorian throne. But it must be one in single combat or whatever. Yeah. So it's like we need to make sure that people know he's got it because she was the one wielding it like a badass, yeah. and he looked like an idiot earlier. So it's like, uh, show get an insert where like we only have footage of him taking up. We'll just reverse it. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, He's putting yeah. it on. Yeah, you're uh, he's taking right. it back. But no, yeah, that, that shot, I was very specifically placed, I felt like, to be like, okay, yes, he has got the Darksaber back because it's such a big fucking deal who is currently in possession of the Darksaber. And we can talk a little bit more about that too whenever we talk about some Mandalore stuff. It's, um, weird. it's weird that they're there resting by a campfire when it's like her ship is... 200 feet away or whatever but i guess the thing is what she really wants to do is stay on mandalore with him and take him to the water so that's what she yeah seems to want to yeah, do she, so i guess that's she why. she agrees to take him to the living water because you know she knows the way which is i think is very nice of her she talks uh, about her dad go. and mando has a nice yeah. moment where she's like he died defeating mandalore and he's like hell yeah, I'm a religious zealot. This is the way. And I'm like, this that's is the way Mando. to do it. I want you to stay a religious zealot. I don't want you <laughs> to continue like, to be a weird Yeah, I, I'm glad he saved Mandalore, but <laughs> yeah. it would be cool if I had my dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, fuck your dad. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's awesome that he died. <laughs> uh, she's like, okay, well, anyway, <laughs> right this way to, uh, <laughs> to the living waters. Uh, so, I like that they're talking and he's just like immediately is like, I'm going in, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You're getting a little bit of the buildup. You know, she does talk about when she took, took the rituals and that it was very, like very much a theatrics, right? Yeah. Like it was, it was for show. It's like, yes, I, I, I too took the rights, but everyone was just like, it's part of the spectacle. And man was like, no, this is the most holy and sacred moment of my life. And then he goes into the waters and, and Adam, what happens? He just gets sucked down like he's in a Dianoga <laughs> pit. Yeah. Yeah, down down go he goes. Figure. And I thought it was awful big of Bo-Katan to go right after him. Yeah. 
I mean, she could have just been like, fuck it, you know? <laughs> I think she she's like, got the hots for Mando at this point. I think what she's really going in after. Well, did he take the Darksaber off, or did he have it? Well, it's got to... Good question. Maybe she's just I don't going know after the, the Darksaber. <laughs> maybe she's like, the Darksaber, I need yeah. that to rule Mandalore. Um, I got to kick your ass so I can have that back <laughs> and be the rightful ruler. Of course, if he died down there, she could just be like, yeah, I fucking killed him, and now I have it. <laughs> right. And they'll all be like, yeah, right, Bo-Katan. I don't think so. I'm not following before. you. Yeah, you pulled one of these before, didn't you? I just handed it to you. You're not the rightful ruler. Uh, again, a lot of that stuff is still kind of nonsense to me at this point. But whatever, That's this is the current lore that we're dealing with. Uh, so she dives in after him. Boom, jetpacking down. Looks, Looks super silly. cool. I thought I thought some of the underwater stuff looked silly the first time, especially. But rewatching it, I do like that she's down there and she turns her headlight off yeah. to see hit. Like yes. that was a nice little detail that I wish was yes. more prevalent throughout the show. Just like it was a good detail. So she, yeah, she, she turns off the light so she can see and and chase him down again. Probably not to save him, but just so she can get closer to the dark saber. Uh, she goes in, grabs him, and on the way out. Is that the Mythosaurus music I hear? <laughs> there, there it is. There There's is the, the, the mythic beast, which the is mythic creature. Big Star Wars reveals go is a big one, um, mostly yeah. for me because it's like, how are we going to turn this into a kaiju story? Like, what is mm-hmm. like? Uh, <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of people were expecting it. Obviously, if you're going to be Mandalore, you got to ride the Mythosaur. Um, but sure. it looks cool. Cool looking design. Um, it 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 is cool. We get a glimpse of a you know kind of side profile, a little bit of the body. You don't you don't get the full scale of it, but you understand that it's it's big and it's down there. Uh, and that is uh, uh, somewhat of a surprise to Bo-Katan whenever she comes out of the water, um, breathing heavily. Now I gotta ask: Did did Mando finish his oath, or was he snatched before he could? Uh, bathe off the apostate yeah that's a good that's a good question i don't know was he saying anything as he was he was he was he was saying the oath i unfortunately do not have it memorized but he i don't know that he got all the way through well you know that little kid Um, at the beginning of the season didn't get all the way through either he never finished his promise to never remove his helmet so apostate (laughs) (laughs) never actually i just want I just want John Favreau to scream apostate at everyone <laughs> at least once an episode. Apostate! I feel like he was so proud whenever he thesaurus that and was like, yeah, apostate. <laughs> I'm going to call season three, episode one, apostate. What a good word. Um, yeah, so we, we end with, uh, you know, Bo popping out of the water. A kind of a really nice acting moment, considering she's in her helmet. There's a lot emoted just in like her breathing and her body. You're like, oh, yeah, she's a kind of in shock right now that she just saw <laughs> yeah, Mythosaur. Yeah. Um, so that's where we left the episode. Wow, the end of of season three, episode two. It's a fun show. There's a- it's fun. It's it's fun and it's dumb. <laughs> it's you know, dumb it's fun. it's fun and dumb. Yeah, I I. I look for. I am looking forward to the releases, the Wednesday releases, a little bit more now than 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 leading up to the beginning of the season. I'm still kind of. Uh, I don't know. It's not fair because I I am rewatching and right now, and legitimately when I go back and rewatch, I'm like, this show is so fucking good. Yeah. Like it's just so it's so much better in like I said in every measurable way 
for me again that's a personal personal thing but going back to this is like all right we'll just turn off your critical filter hat of like this is uh this has got to be a mind-blowing perfectly written show and go into star wars for everyone this is this is better than what kenobi was this is better than what book of boba fett was uh it's it i think it is it is still sort of the flagship product for for disney and star wars right now and it's it's good i mean it's it's good and dumb you know which when star wars is at its best a lot of times it's good and it's dumb yeah yeah it's true i mean the the original Star Wars trilogy is not the pinnacle of storytelling. It is rehashing no. the hero's journey. Um, yeah. And for me, like, uh, while I am always going to be critical of hastily or sloppily written plot lines, um, I typically don't watch things for the plot. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like even as media illiterate as I am, I've seen most of the archetypal storylines a million times. I very rarely True. walk out of a movie and I'm like, Wow! That story really, that was like, new. <laughs> yeah, blew me away. I usually like yeah. I would I see a movie like Spring Breakers that doesn't like cohere in a normal way. And I'm much more excited by like that was weird and novel. Um, so right. I don't need it to be perfect. It is annoying that it is so sloppy and <laughs> like just clumsy. Um, but if you give me Star Wars and the creature design looks good and I think really Coming back to Obi-Wan, really a big problem with that show, as we've talked about, is just the volume being so obvious because it's like, yeah, I can watch a dumb episode of TV and if it has a cool monster design in it, I'm sold. I'm, I'm like, right. good, good app. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it, it speaks to the the production, right? Like even going, I'm going to go back to Andor as much as I possibly can. Going back to Andor, when I look at like the design of Ferrex and all of the yeah. little touches and details that exist just even in like establishing shots that it, it took a craft person like the wall of gloves that exists outside yeah. of the factory on Ferrex. I'm like, they didn't have to take the time to do that. And it was probably very labor intensive to do because a lot of those are practical. A lot of those are real. It's, it's that kind of attention to detail that can build a world and create sort of a texture that's going to make, make the world more interesting it's gonna it's going to buy me into that world kenobi didn't have any of that as far as i'm concerned like they they're like here's a character that you all love we're just gonna digitize the screen we're gonna put the surroundings in there and we're gonna let the ewan mcgregor charm machine just take you on an adventure it's like yeah it it passingly works but not very well yeah when you've got the level of production design like i said with with andor i mean the ships i i lost my mind looking at that transport shuttle that luthan takes yeah. into ferrex where i'm just like that's the best thing i've seen in five years in star wars and it's just a fucking transport shuttle that is beautiful and amazing and an artist took time to craft that this doesn't exist in Obi Wan, with the exception no. of the whaling station in Episode One. Right, and I was like, "Yes, yes hey, this is it. This let's do this." And then it's just kind of like generic planet, generic planet, generic planet. So like we did that in one episode, and then we stopped doing that. It's like, oh, great, great. Um, but yeah, I think I think some of that's here in Mandalorian. I I don't think it's to the level yeah. that I would like to see, but 
the the story is compelling enough that it's it's not at Andor's level, but to me, it is definitely about Book of Boba Fett and and yeah. Kenobi in terms of those shows. So I, I'm tuning in. I'm I'm excited to see what happens next week in the aftermath of our of our Mythosaur reveal um, to see where we're going. Um, I did say I, I I told you after I watched this, I was gonna kind of start looking into some Mandalore stuff just because uh, it's not a not something I'm super familiar with outside of you know some of the stuff from Clone Wars and Rebels which if you haven't watched those episodes there's a lot of Mandalorian stuff just in that I mean it's a, even it's, if you have watched them you'd have to rewatch them I think to retain you know, a lot of it No you you definitely do cuz I was I was reading through I don't remember any of this fucking shit like at all like yeah. it it just completely slipped my mind which and and I probably will revisit it at some because I I do want to be more versed in that but I want I kind of took sort of a a larger view of what this is again uh you know as a as a disney approved show i'm a canon boy so I, I looked at what is currently in canon and it's it it would it reminded me a lot of whenever we talked about the sith where we're gonna go back a couple thousand years we're gonna plant our flag in something and then centuries of nothing yeah. centuries of just vast nothingness that we have not have not discussed are not going to talk about stuff that we've just erased from canon very compelling stories that are just like no that's legends now and then you know clone wars right like that's that's sort of how both of these things go in terms of canon it's like we've erased everything you know pre-clone wars going back to you know at least a thousand years ago so I mean Mandalorian lore I mean you get the idea of of Tarvisla who is, you know, House Vizsla, I guess, is, is still part of it. But he is the first Mandalorian who becomes a Jedi, whose who's lightsaber is the Darksaber, which is, again, so important that you, you must wield it to, to rule Mandalore. But after his sort of, after his death, I mean, there's there's very little in terms of, like, names that you can pin to Mandalorians at this point. It's just going to be like, yes, there's uh, thousands of years of civil war between the Mandalorians who are the society. They just keep fighting each other. Um, the religious zealots get banned to Concordia. There's got to be a lot of making love going on, too, to keep the soldier bases like. Oh, they're evil. horny. <laughs> they're plenty horny. Um, saying, yeah, it's they're, an they're always a feat to keep enough meat on the battlefield to keep the swords. Well, it, like, yeah, <laughs> it's. And I'm like, I just, I, it's frustrating that they're just even as an overview, it's like, well, give, give us, and it feels like to me, this is the area where it's like, Hey, we'll, we'll maybe we'll go back and fill in some of this history where there is none, you know, the thousands of years before, like even the, the high Republic stuff is, is still relatively close to the star Wars we know, where it's like, if you went back 500 years, we just don't know anything about it. Yeah, that's canon, really, you know. Um, so it's, you know, endless, endless conflict and warfare on Mandalore until we sort of pop back up. And then we get the new Mandalorians very much led by Bo's sister and Obi-Wan's former lover, the Duchess Satine. Yes. Uh, rest in peace. Much more uh, like a normal leads, society. Leads leads this pacifist movement of like, hey, maybe we shouldn't fucking kill each other all the time. 
And they're like, whoa. Uh, so the people who disagree <laughs> with that end up on Concordia, which is which is obviously where Mando's sort of version of being a Mandalorian comes from, is the warring martial society. Um, again, this is going to... I don't want to dive too much into it because I'm, I'm not fully brief, but this is where we're going to get into the Clone War stuff, which is becomes all about who's going to rule Mandalore, right? At a certain point, there's... There's the plots to overthrow the Duchess Satine to get back to the ways of murder and chaos, I yeah. guess, is essentially how it is how it feels. Maul comes in and is the rule of Mandal at certain uh, so points. Sabine uh what's what's what is the transition of the sword to Bo Katan? It's it's given to her after she loses a fight. So so the sword she gets she gets the dark saber from Sabine Wren. Right. So um, Sabine's going to come in after the. I mean, the, in terms of of timeline, she's going to come in fairly well after the death of of the Duchess Satine. Satine, right? So yes. so we've we've got Mandalore in this period of transition where Death Watch, the terrorist organization who from works Concordia, for the Empire, eventually who who works for the Empire is hand in hand with the. I mean, they're. They're closely associated with Dooku. They're going to be associated with Maul. I and mean, Bo-Katan is, is part of Death Watch at a certain point, too. They give up their creed and stuff in favor of the Empire, too. They betray their, like, their religious, like, right. creed in order to, like, oh, well, we have to join the Empire. So, yeah, that's why. Yeah, uh, so they, they come into power, and then Maul's in there, and... As the Empire is taking control of Sabine, uh, I mean, her, her role in the Empire is explained by Rebels. Like, she's a she's like a, a weapons maker, and she creates this weapon called the Duchess, that, <laughs> called the Duchess, funnily enough, that, like, targets Beskar and kills Mandalorians, and she's being used for it. She's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Um, but in in her sort of training... Uh, she she comes across and and has the dark saber and Kanan Jarrus teaches her how to how to wield it, so it gives her some some Jedi training with the dark saber. So you see her struggling with the blade too. So I mean that's very much part of part of the lore is you have to understand how to wield it. Um, she uses it but just passes it off to Bo-Katan. Again, Bo-Katan has had her own sort of crazy journey from being like part of Death Watch to being like, no, you killed my sister to like. She's she's again, she's gone through the different phases of, of what it means to be a Mandalorian and probably has the most insightful journey of like, hey, that religious zealotry stuff is not cool. There's got to be another way, perhaps, uh, which I think is going to be probably her biggest contribution going forward. Um, but because Sabine just gives it to her, it's it's not one Um the 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 support right. that Bo-Katan has is 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 illegitimate. Um, now, to me, that that was a relative new kind of development. Whenever they dropped that in Mandalorian, it was like, oh well, it has to be one in combat. Otherwise, people don't give a shit that you have it. It's like, no, oh. wasn't aware of that. Just because when I go back to Rebels, you know. That's not in there. Sabine at all. just gives it to her, and it's not a big deal. You know? Oh, I, okay. I thought they did later touch on that a little Maybe bit they did. in Rebels. Um, but, yeah. I'm but I just sure feel you... like Bo-Katan would have known to be like, oh, 
no, 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 I've got to, I've got to kill you or I've got to take it from you in well, combat. My interpretation of it is that it is like a curse more than it's about winning loyalty. Um, like, I can't remember if they turn on her because she didn't win it in battle or not, or if that's just part of her curses that she didn't. Uh, I don't know, but it seems like Bo-Katan is the kind of person that'd be like, yeah, forget me having to win it in combat. I need to rule Mandal. Or like, practically, yeah. I'm the leader here. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's messy. <laughs> it's a... it, it's messy, and then Mandalore gets exploded by the Empire. Kind of a thousand suns. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, and 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 this is where we are, right? Like, it's it's a planet that has only known war, a brief period of pacifism. That again, they they were driven underground because they destroyed the surface of the planet, had to live in dome cities, and then once the empire came to power, they're just like, nah, we're just going to destroy them because we can't have a planet of warriors being just out there that could potentially be a threat to us. So. Moff, uh, old Moff G comes in and, and blows everything up. And, uh, it, it's all, it's kind of all over the place is my feeling just as, as someone who has actively watched Clone Wars and Rebels and Mandalorian, it's not particularly clear. Yeah. You do have to go through and, and put together the pieces of what it is to make it make sense. But I think what Mandalorian is doing is, is because it is the the flagship thing it doesn't expect everyone to have watched all of rebels it doesn't expect everyone to have watched all of clone wars so they can sort of put their flag in this and say this is this is kind of the lore as as the general population needs to understand it so for those like discrepancies it's like yes we can explain them away but it's not always going to be smooth and that's just like what we come to expect with Mandalorian, right? like yeah. not always going to be smooth. Like there's going to be some bumps in the road. There's going to be some back and forth. It's going to be a little clunky. I, yeah. I almost expect, or I would have liked this season or at any point in Mandalorian, the show to get like a flashback style sequence, or even just a description of like the history of Mandalore, you know, like the armor could do that and it'd be clunky and it would be fine. But like a thousand year overview of like, here are the key moments and what's happened. And maybe we'll get that later in the season, but trying to imagine a normie watching season three of this show so far is like, it's gotta be weird and confusing. Like, because if you're just kind of a casual Mandalorian watcher, you're not thinking about, Mandalore or the different sex of Mandalorian you're just like oh there's another person in a Mandalorian helmet okay cool like you know I don't know uh it's, yeah it's, it's hard it's 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 it is hard because they all look like man they all look the same yeah. you know what I mean to a certain degree they all they all have the same appearance I think there there's a couple things I just want to piggyback off of one is that like in terms of like the the internal politics between the different Mandalorians obviously is where this wants to go, which has the like, does this show want to be like games of Thrones esque, where it's like, who is vying for the, I mean, literally vying for the game of Thrones is all about who's going to hold the seat of power. Now the seat of power on a planet that has a population of exactly zero is not really important. So how are they going to build that out? What is the importance of the Darksaber? Why is being the ruler of Mandalore? And I think generally what does it mean to be Mandalorian is, is what this show is, is going to be interested in. 
um, because we already have differing viewpoints. Bo-Katan is very specifically in this show, I think, to provide that viewpoint. But BC, of, should she even be in the show? Because she should be 70 years old and she doesn't look 70 years old. I'm not. I 1000% <laughs> took that note and while I was watching. And I, it was at a certain moment when she took her helmet off, I'm like, man, she's so good. And then I was like, she was the same age as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi was like a thousand years old when he died. He looked so fucking old. And she she was right around his age. Anything like Alec Guinness. I think I love that Katie Sackhoff is in the show. I think it would have been sweet if it was an old fucking lady okay. who was... Who was playing Bo-Katan, who like was aged up to Alec Guinness level. Uh, see, I, this was something that I, I read on the Internet and I was like, fuck you guys. We were talking about the show with a baby Yoda. And it's like, surely yeah, yeah. there are different bloodlines of of whatever humans or whatever that yeah. can live no, 200 years. No, I, I, I fairly quickly dispensed of the thought, but it definitely crossed my mind. Where I was like, it would have been cool. Alec, the the main thought that crossed my mind was just Alec Guinness was so old, <laughs> <laughs> like he was so so old. Well, he had that Tatooine so, aging, you know. Yeah, I mean, it it is. I don't know. It is just funny that that's one of the biggest glaring things. We're like, yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi aged like 180 desert, <laughs> so we're all just cool with that, right? It would be really funny. Uh, it would be really funny to get like a, a reunion between them, you know, back. A while back, where it's like super yeah. old Obi Wan trying to hit on, <laughs> like not not. Oh, old your sister and I. <laughs> Bo's like, you haven't aged very well. <laughs> <laughs> you you didn't keep up with your skincare routine. <laughs> You're supposed um, to wear a helmet all the time, old man. That's how you look like this. Um, you're preserved in your uh, your age. I uh, the other thing that you pointed out that I wanted to just briefly uh, comment on was the idea of, of doing the flashback, you know, again, Andor. the first episode, the first arc is all about popping between current day Andor and him when he was a kid, you can definitely successfully do this. Right. Yeah. And I think we are going to do this at some point because in the trailers, we've seen the, uh, you know, execute order 66 moment for the zillionth time. Like there, that is, part of some of the promotional footage that's out yeah, there. So yeah. hopefully they do that kind of download of information that can also be fingers crossed, compelling storytelling and informing the audience a little bit more about some of this history, because it is not super intuitive. If you, I mean, even if you are a, a like an avid fan of the, of the animated stuff, it it's not, it's not a smooth and clear transition in terms of the storyline. So it would be nice if they found a, an elegant way to do that. But my hope, you know, my, my expectation for the show is elegance is, has not been, been the MO no. of, of writing and storytelling, but we'll see, you know, fingers crossed that they can do that at some point, man. Well, it's, ex- excuse me. It's exciting. Um, how many episodes do we have left? Uh, six. six. I think it's an eight eight episode season. Yeah. All right. We'll see how much ground we cover by the end of this thing. Um, but yeah, it's dumb fun. And again, it's just so much more easy for me to enjoy dumb fun now that we have good fun, which is Andor. <laughs> to, yes. To point at and be like, see, I told y- you they could do it if they wanted to. They could. It's. <laughs> 
it's so true. Like, and it, it was, I watched after I watched the second episode for the second time, I was like, I'm going to go back and watch Andor. And it, it has just been like a breath of fresh air to be like, Oh, it's still good. Like, it's still good. Like it, it holds up even now on the rewatch where I go back and I watch it and I'm like, man, it, it's not only is it good, the first arc is better than I remember it being. Like all of the subtlety that's in there, you miss some things. Like there are things that you just miss because it's, 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 it's dense. I don't know, not dense. It's deep. There's it's depth textured. to it that you don't always get. It is. Yeah. There's textures and layers that, you know, are going to reveal themselves on, on, on a new watch each time. And so going back, I'm like, Oh yeah, there are, all of these great scenes, there's all of these little moments. Oh, I missed this and I missed that. And this is something that they are laying the tracks for seven episodes from now. And yeah. you're just like, that's really smart. It's really smart writing from front to back. Man, an underrated uh, skill set. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, it's <laughs> hard to come by these days. Um, mm hmm. Well, I guess that's that'll that'll do it for us, BC. Anything else on the old Mando front? Shoot, on the Mando front, no. No, I don't Looking think so. I was the, to watch him Wednesday. I was considering BC um, because I usually release the episodes after we record, but I'm a week behind. I was thinking maybe I put this one out before I put out the one we recorded last week, which is the draft and the episode one of Mando. Does that make sense? It can. I'm just thinking this one is so specific to this week, and we're already almost it episode is. three, that anyone who's seen episode three is probably going to be bored out of their minds listening to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's so. true. This this will come out uh, if on current schedule when, when the third episode will have aired. Yeah. But I don't sure. know. Sure. It's not like anyone's listening anyway, especially at it's this point really- we're deep in the just release them both at the same time, you know? That'd uh, be fine. I do like having one in the bank, though. That's been nice. It's been nice being a we, weekend. We can, we can, well, we can record our Orange County choppers after this <laughs> and save that for another day. <laughs> Whenever we need to have one just loaded up in the queue. If you want Orange County chopper episodes, leave a comment on our YouTube videos. <laughs> uh, you can find the audio version of this podcast on all the audio pod catcherino thingers. Um, at least the important ones. Um, the ones open, the ones owned by the biggest corporations. <laughs> we were on those. And uh, yeah, leave us those YouTube comments and we'll start producing that sweet Orange County Choppers content. Um, Likes, rates, reviews. We want to be the number one Star Wars podcast by the end of the year. Yeah, that's our goal. Number one by the end of the year. You heard it. You heard it, folks. You heard it here first. We're planting our flag. Number one of the year. (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll see how short we follow our goals. Bye forever. Go smoke yourselves. (laughs) 